Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I caught up with an old friend, Suzanne Ekbalian. She's a Michigan-based aesthetic nurse practitioner and lover of all things skincare, self-care, and makeup. Now, if you know me, these topics are not my forte. So I approached this interview as someone who is truly just very curious about them and not an expert by any means. In this episode, we cover everything you need to know about Botox and fillers. We debunk popular myths about injectables. Suzanne shares the best skincare tips under the sun, as well as makeup options for those who want to upscale their look and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited that you are here. This has honestly been one of the most highly requested episodes I've had, and I didn't know the audience was very interested in this kind of stuff. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, where you started in the industry, and where you are today. So my name is Susanna Kalyan. I am a nurse practitioner and a mom and wife. So to start out in the industry, um, even to do injectables at all, someone has to be a nurse, a nurse practitioner, PA, physician, dentist. So um, went to nursing school. Um, I met you when I was in college. <laughs> and then um, and then I became a nurse practitioner. And throughout all of that time, I actually was working in pediatric oncology. So I've been a nurse for 11 years now. I'm going into my 11th year um, in January. And then um, and for those years, I've been a nurse practitioner. So I did pediatric um, oncology and bone marrow transplant for all of that. Um, but in all of that time, when I was in college, um, I was working as like a freelance makeup artist. <laughs> and um, and so I always had this like knack for aesthetics and makeup and all of that kind of stuff. So I was actually doing people's makeup while I was working as a nurse, I would be like doing their weddings and stuff until I probably went to NP school. And that's when I started getting injectables myself because I had this like constant study line in my face. <laughs> and then I was like, I want to do this. I love that this includes like aesthetics and injectables. So um, I took my first certification course and then I was just like boots on the ground, like really pushing myself through aesthetics. So. Yeah. I don't know if that was too much information. <laughs> no, that's never too much. We, I'm a chronic oversharer, so I love that. Um, and I love that you started in um, oncology because it just shows that you have a big heart for helping people, no matter if it's something as serious as cancer or something as, I don't want to say not as serious, but a little more aesthetic, yeah. um, no pun intended, as injectables. So um, you mentioned um, you're an aesthetic nurse practitioner. So before we dive into that what that really means. Can you talk about your passion for aesthetics and things like makeup? I know you kind of touched on this about how yeah. you were doing it on the side, um, but what about that has made you so interested? I, you know, I thought about this and I was actually talking to my husband about this um, the other day and I was like, where did like this all come from? And I think it really, 
actually came probably when I was like 13 or 14, just in this like awkward stage of life. We didn't have the internet like we do today at all. And so I would like, I created this binder. My mom, I think still has it. I would like cut out all the clippings of like hair and like makeup and nail stuff and skin stuff and like teen and like all those magazines. And I was so into this that my oldest brother, he got me this Kevin Kwan book about makeup and um kevin aquan was like the first true makeup artist who did like real contour and like that is he's infamous for that so um i would work through that book doing makeup and that book i feel like taught me so much about bone structure shadows in the face and that is kind of like how i threw myself into makeup i did um like retail makeup too for a while selling at macy's and then um got into nursing like i said and then um you know i was always kind of holding on to this aesthetic part and then all of a sudden i realized like two things i really love could go together and anytime i do anything i like go full in so <laughs> that was not a bad of, way <laughs> not yeah. a bad way to be <laughs> yeah so you're really self-taught then. You didn't go to like a cosmetic school to learn this. No, it was just something that I was like always really passionate about. And then, you know, since then I've did like multiple aesthetic trainings. Like this year alone, I've did three, you know, trainings because I'm always investing in my education. And I think that's like, that's a part of me that just goes full in. Like I loved makeup and I was just going to like go full in. I didn't know that there was anything that could teach me about it at that point. And then um, it just always stayed something I loved. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. And you, obviously you got into injectables. So Mm -hmm. that's the, I feel like that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that everyone is interested in learning about because I've noticed that women who get work done on their face, um, whether it's minor or major, no one talks about it. Like you will never know if some, at least in my circle of friends and colleagues, I didn't know any of them had work done until I posted about this. And then I got, my DMs were like flooded with people that have said, you know, I've had Botox for eight years and this is someone in like their mid thirties. And I had no idea because she looks so natural and beautiful. So anyway, I've never had anything injected in my face. So as someone who's just very curious, and I think a lot of people are, and they're kind of scared, um, you post these before and after photos and they look so natural. So how do you achieve that? Because I think that a lot of people initially think of injectables and they think Joan Rivers. And that's what my husband thinks of. <laughs> yes. Um, Joan Rivers or like, I always talk about, there's like, I don't even know her name, but it's like this actress that has like traumatized all of us for like the, at the grocery store. She's like the cat lady. She looks really feline. She's got all that filler oh, yeah, and the big yeah. lips. It's, I swear, I have every husband <laughs> or partner just partner, thinks yes. that their wife is going to or, uh, look like this. And it's like, it just, it's so much work done. And I think one, a lot of those people have had so many, you know, they've had surgeries. They maybe come from a time period where there was like silicone or um, collagen, you know, fillers put in, and we just don't even use those products like today. And especially if you're going to like a med spa, you're not going to receive like those silicone lips or you shouldn't be or collagen lips, anything like that. And we use hyaluronic acid fillers. So that's like one way. I mean, obviously people still have those fillers and they look overdone. Um, and that may be that injectors 
preference or that client's preference. But um, for me, that's not my aesthetic. And so that's a big thing is finding an injector that shares your same goals. Like that's every time I sit down for a consultation, we have to make sure our goals match and what your aesthetic outcomes are something that I feel like I can achieve for you. So you'll be happy. So looking natural and refreshed is my aesthetic goal. So I feel like that's why my work looks the way it does. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah, no, it does. And I feel like, so like in doing a little bit of just, um, you know, digging in my, within my own group of friends and colleagues and people I know on the internet who I've never met. Um, I've noticed that a lot of women are, you know, they're shameful of talking about it. They don't tell anyone, but even not even like their partner, their husbands, whoever. Um, so where do you think that come from, comes from? Like, where does that myth originate? Gosh, I think it's like, I don't even know. I don't know if it's we're maybe told that we shouldn't have any, like the culture of hiding things. And I, I don't know, I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, but you know, my biggest thing is empowering individuals to feel like their best self. And so, you know, you want your eyebrows a little lifted, you know, we, as we age, we lose bone we lose volume in our, you know, we're not actually losing volume, we're losing bone. And so it looks like a loss of volume. So we use fillers to change that appearance. You know, we use Botox to, you know, tighten areas and it's really like prejuvenation. Um, but, you know, I think once people really understand that they're not going to look a certain way, I think they feel empowered to continue doing something and it makes them feel good about themselves. So, yeah. yeah. And you did, you did mention that. Yeah. I always try to like debunk the myth that like, you know, I always quote Dolly Parton and say, you know, it costs a lot of money to look really cheap. So <laughs> I kind of like reassure people like you're going to have to be doing a lot of things to look really bad. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that, um, again, there's no judgment here. I'm, I'm, there's no judgment. It's just curiosity. So yeah. when I say things like this, I don't want people to be offended. Um, but I've heard that like facelifts can really change the appearance of your face. So obviously when people get injectables, it's a little more natural depending on who you go to and how often you go. Um, but if you're getting a facelift, that's kind of like where it's like the line in the sand for a lot of people where it, it really changes the appearance of your face into where like your husband would notice and like others would notice. Yeah. And I guess like, because I'm so open to the, to that, I always say like even a good injector, cause I'm not a plastic surgeon. Um, right. I'm going to know as a healthcare provider to say a knife over needle kind of conversation and say, listen, for what your, what your goal is, a lower facelift might be great for you. And that's really where you're going to get your aesthetic outcomes when you start to have like loose hanging skin, you know, things like that. And for your cost investment, for what you would spend in injectables and not have your gold outcome versus, you know, getting a facelift. And I think, Again, people think of bad surgery and I get the fear of bad surgery. I've personally never had any like aesthetic, you know, like plastic surgery. So I definitely get the fear though of going under the knife. Um, but, you know, injectables really aren't, they can make drastic differences in people's faces, but they're really going to just enhance your natural face. You know, I don't know if yeah. that answered both those questions. Sorry. But yeah, I think, um, you know, facelifts can look dramatic, but they really can be rejuvenating for someone if they're done correctly. They're just usually pulling and tightening the little skin. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, trusting the person that you're going to, whether it's a plastic surgeon or someone like you, um, it's it's really doing your research and also looking at their work that they've done on recent clients. That's why Instagram is so popular for these um, aesthetic practitioners. Yeah. And I think, I guess going back to your thing about how my work looks really, I don't edit anything like mm-hmm. at all that some, sometimes you see stuff on on Instagram, especially because this industry is getting so popular on Instagram. I mean, that is truly where most of my, um, like if they're not referral, people find me from my Instagram content. Um, but I don't edit anything. And there are people out there who edit the color of the lips, they change the lighting they change different things in the picture, which are going to give better after photos. So, um, you know, but I think it shows, you can tell when it's been edited a little bit. So, oh yeah. um, you know, I think that gives a more natural appearance too. And back to kind of like your, your service and, and what you perform on folks, what is the most popular procedure? I don't know if this is the right word procedure or in, yeah. in okay, procedure, because I don't want it to sound like plastic surgery because it's not. What's yeah. the most like highly requested procedure you get? Probably Botox. I I do a lot of Botox. I do a lot of like fillers too. But, um, I think like the, the, like the, the stepping stone into aesthetics for most individuals is Botox, um, Mm -hmm. or just Porter Zeoman or whatever wrinkle relaxer they're coming in for. That's usually the first reason that someone will come to see us. Um, and I think it's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, so for folks who are looking into like, like you kind of said, just their first, their first procedure kind of a stepping stone. You mentioned Botox, but what are some other things that you do um, in terms of like lips and do you do like eyebrow stuff? I don't know. These are all things that I've looked up on the internet. So my terminology is probably terrible, but again, this is why I'm interviewing you because I, I know nothing. Yeah. Um, so on the filler side, I do um, lips. I actually trained with, um, she's a phenomenal injector. She's like one like top in the country is a few times, um, Erica Berry. So she's kind of become a mentor for me, but she's, um, I went and trained with her this year and learned her like signature eight point lift. So we use, um, dermal filler and we kind of give like a little liquid facelift, so to say. So as we, you know, age and bone recesses, um, we use the fillers, um, to kind of give an image of where your bone has like reduced. And so you'll, I don't like to use the word lift because it's really not lifting. It just gives the illusion that everything is lifted, but you know, so we do a little in the cheeks, a little in the jaw, a little in the chin. Um, it's a little bit of everywhere and it looks beautiful and natural. And so, um, that's kind of my other place of specialty with fillers. I think with, with brows, there's a couple things that are like trending, um, I personally don't use like threads. I think that's probably the most common scene thing with the brow is like the fox eye, um, that a lot of the supermodels have right now. And they use threads to kind of like pull the side of the brow, um, because I'm a science nerd and like, <laughs> like I just, there's a lot of nerves, you know, on that side. Some people do it and that's, that's okay. Um, but for me, I, I don't get enough requests to, you know take on that risk. So that's sometimes seen, we can do a lateral brow lift just on the side a little bit with, um, Botox and people love that. Ooh, I'm like doing it to my face right now. I'm like, this is, mm. do you feel like people come into your office and they're like, 
playing and manipulating their face a little bit to see maybe like what they could look like? Or is that not how you should? I mean, people do that. I mean, I think we're all guilty of doing that. Like, I don't know, probably since we were children, but, um, you know, I, it really depends on like what we're doing. And I usually tell people like, sometimes you're really only seeing a difference in millimeters. Like it's not like you're pulling it back and seeing inches pulled off your face, but, um, you're seeing like millimeters and centimeters in difference, but it's your, not, it's not a big surface area. So those little measurements do, you know, give an improvement. And then, um, usually when people sit down for a consult with me, I kind of, um, show them as well, like what our goals could be realistically. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you, that you do a lot of like kind of future tripping with them to, to say like, what, what's the end goal? And like, let's reverse engineer it because really some people can think that they, they want to look a certain way and they might um, not really know how to get there. So they could come to you for one thing and leave with like a totally different recommendation. Yeah. Like, a t- you know, and that is what's really important to me is I come from such a um, heavy acute care medical background. And so when I came into this world, I kind of just, you know, brought certain things over with me, um, especially as a, a nurse practitioner, you know, we create treatment plans. That's just like in our um, role. So, you know, I kind of put a lot of my patients that come to see me on a treatment plan, especially if they have certain facial goals and knowing that it's a long-term, like, you know, you might, it might take three sessions to get here. Just the same as a hairdresser may tell you, like if you have black hair, it's going to be a while before you're blonde. Um, you know, I would say a full transformation usually takes about a year and two to three sessions, but, um, it's awesome to see. To see. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure their confidence just skyrockets. And I feel like that's another thing that I wanted to discuss was before the interview, we were kind of, you know, just catching up and you mentioned that, you know, you look out for signs of body dysmorphia in your clients mm-hmm. and you have a certain recommendation for those folks. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of like the ethical code that you follow? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as we talk about like making sure that our goals align, if I feel like I cannot, you know, provide you for you as a provider, like if there are, you know, certain red flags that we see um, in the aesthetic industry, maybe they are provider hopping and it's very evident like, okay, you're telling me you were treated six weeks ago and the person you saw is telling you, no, like I'm also going to tell you no today. Um, And, you know, it's really approaching them with kindness and also sometimes knowing that they may need a referral for um, mental health support. And um, because ultimately they're getting to a place where their goals are, um, dangerous or just, you know, ultimately they're not going to be happy with the care that I'm providing because they're not happy with themselves. And so we really have to assess for that as, um, providers. And that's kind of where, you know, when people look at this industry and they're like, this seems so fun, but, and it is, it's awesome to make people feel good, but there's a total other side of it that really, you know, includes a good health assessment, um, including mental health assessment for patients to make sure that, um, you know, they, they're happy and yeah, I don't know. I think, I just think looking for body dysmorphia is one of the most important assessments within our field. I'm super happy to hear that you guys have those guardrails up because, Speaking to previous, um, you know, 
aesthetic practitioners who've maybe done work on this person is so important to make sure that they don't end up looking like someone who got so much work done. Like you said, the Dolly Parton quote, which I absolutely love and I'm going to use, is it costs a lot of money to look cheap. And that is so true. All the people that you see that look plastic, Mm -hmm. they probably also went a step further and they got plastic surgery, which again, none of this is veiled with, from me at least, with like a judgment perspective. I'm, I'm not judging these people. I'm just saying to look at that way, you have to probably spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes even millions if you're like really, really rich and you completely change your, the aesthetic of like your appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people more like me, <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Uh, not that that's bad, but I'm more interested in how do I make myself look better with makeup? Because frankly, no one ever taught me how to do makeup. My mom, God bless her. She's a natural beauty. You know, Sherry. Yeah, um, she's, she's so stunning and also hardly wears any makeup. She's, um, a uh, little bit Lebanese, so she's like tan year round without going anywhere. It's amazing. I got the Irish side, so I'm more fair. Um, I have more blemishes on my skin. I have dark circles under my eye. I'm wearing makeup in this interview right now, but I've, I'm always looking at myself and wondering. Like, I don't, I don't think I look bad. I'm very happy with how I look. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not unhappy. But yeah. I'm always thinking, like, what if I actually knew how to contour, or what if I knew how to pick the right concealer and make my dark circles go away faster than, you know, six layers of makeup. So can you talk to the folks like me and also especially like the new moms? Cause a lot of them are listening yeah. to this and we're all exhausted. Yes. So, um, okay. Sorry. I'm thinking about that question as a whole. I know it's um, a loaded question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Cause there's, there's a couple different approaches, right? So obviously like we want to like do our makeup and feel great. But the biggest thing for me, um, because I was pregnant throughout injecting and everything, um, was skincare and I was wearing a mask all the time and good makeup looks amazing because there's good skincare behind it. And, um, honestly, as you improve your skin, um, you want to wear less makeup. And for someone who came initially, like I got into the world of aesthetics by doing makeup. I barely wear makeup now, which is wild. Um, I just do my skincare. Um, so first and foremost, if you want your makeup to look good, take good care of your skin. If you want to do, um, like, rejuvenation to your skin, just like do skincare and you'll be doing a lot less catch up, you know, as you age, like it's just all good preventative stuff, especially if you're not ready for Botox invest in your skincare. And I I always say there's the ABCs of skincare. Um, you need a vitamin A or a retinol. If you're nursing or breastfeeding or pregnant, you cannot use that, but, um, you can use like physical exfoliants or like, um, a, like a glycolic acid is fine. And then B would be your broad spectrum SPF and wear that every day. (laughs) And then your C is your vitamin C. So again, thinking about our moms, especially um, melasma can occur throughout pregnancy and hormone changes. And once that flares up, it just kind of ends up being something that we're treating and and living with. Um, So that's another side of aesthetics that we really see. Sorry, this is kind of like 
No, I'm a, I'm obsessed yeah. with this answer already. It's great. So vitamin C really helps with like lightening a little bit. And also, um, a good, good vitamin C is going to start working for you when you're not reapplying your SPF and your SPF stops working for you. The vitamin C really prevents against like free radicals. And, um, the one that we carry has like shown to reduce burning by 70% because it's protecting your skin. Um, and so it also helps with melasma, with hyperpigmentation. And um, that just seems to be like a number one thing I see um, from women postpartum. It's like I had a baby and now I have this pregnancy mask still and it's driving me crazy. Um, also, world of aesthetics, if you do suffer with melasma, this is just my education blurb. Um, even sun exposure to your arms and heat to your arms can cause the melasma to flare up in the summer. So if you're, if you're having that and like, maybe you're like, I'm covering my face and wearing sunscreen, I wear a hat, but my melasma still flares up in the summer. Make sure your arms and shoulders are covered. And melasma, what is that? Cause I'm envisioning something on the face. That's like, is that like a pigmentation issue? It or? is. It's like that okay. brown pigmentation that sometimes women get usually across the like nose and on the cheeks during pregnancy. And usually once it flares up, a lot of women seem to live with that. So that's my like first prep on makeup. So good skincare. That was a long answer, but, um, other makeup tips. I know I actually like thought about this one. Um, when I used to work like retail makeup, it was like the thing was, um, to teach people, even if you just like use like now concealer, but back in the day, we just used these like pencils that were flesh tone. You just draw underneath your brow. It tends to just give it a little bit of lift or like anything that you want to look bigger, use lighter. So if you, um, you know, do a little white eyeliner, um, like on the lower part of your eye, your eye will look like more big and like doll like, or, um, if you, people contour their nose. So again, they want it to look smaller. So they'll do like a really straight, darker contour down the middle of the nose. Um, and you know, or they want their eyes to look brighter. So they do like the little concealer under the eyes and like a, they used to do like a V shape. Now it's kind of like down and out. I don't know. So there's a lot of different things, but I always like, if you, if you do good skincare, mm-hmm. the other stuff is just kind of easy. Like now I just do a tinted sunscreen and like bronzer and blush and concealer under the eyes. So that's if I could tell a new mom, especially to invest in anything, just take care of your skincare. It's like the one like gift you can give yourself after like bedtime. <laughs> I love it. So I, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I don't do the A of the ABCs you mentioned. I do the B and the C religiously. I've done that since July. Before that, I kid you not, all I was doing was washing my face at night and putting on like moisturizer and like yeah. going to bed. And I don't know why. And I never had terrible skin. I'm not saying my skin's bad by any means. I'm very happy with it. But I think a lot of that also has to do with like your diet, like yeah. hydration, stuff like that too, sleep. Um, but so there's a lot of factors in good skin. But I think what you mentioned is something that a lot of people miss is that A part. So if we could just go back to, is it hydrolonic acid? Is that what the A... Your vitamin A is actually your retinols, your retin A. So, your okay. Retinoid. So, and you can't use that when you're, those when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Correct. So then a pregnant woman, would she just skip that step? And just- she would just skip that step. Okay. Um, but so <clears throat> like vitamin A's or retinols, they're kind of like a, what they call like a chemical exfoliant. So they're um, a 
you know, a product you put on your skin, you're going to kind of like exfoliate in the deeper tissues. Um, and also treats like fine lines, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation. It's a great workhorse product if you can use it, you know, post um, babies. But um, if you wanted to like just still exfoliate your skin a couple times a week, you could do like a like a physical one, like any type of scrub. Um, not the St. Ives scrub, but <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I only can recommend some good medical medical grade skincare. I also think that's worth the investment. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more pricey, but you get metered dosing. You don't have to like, you just do the pump, whatever much comes out, that's all you need. And it lasts forever. Um, but yeah, so you, or you could do like glycolic acid as long as it's less than 10%. And that's fine too. If you wanted that little peel. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's good to know just cause I know that, um, you know, everyone's at a different stage in life. And I feel like yeah. at least when I was pregnant, I'm not sure if you felt this way. Cause I know our kids are close in age. I just kind of felt like the world was moving on and I was like, hello, what about me? I like, I'm left behind. Like all this advice that people give is never taking into consideration a woman who's pregnant or breastfeeding ever. It's always just the normal person who's just not with child. Yeah, but it was so important to me. And even like as a healthcare provider, even as someone who worked in pediatrics forever, becoming a mom, whole other learning curve also felt like I was constantly like, is this pregnancy safe? Like, can I use this? Like I want like, and so, you know, that also kind of became part of like when I educate women, like, Hey, you can do this. Hey, you can do this and still look good and like take care of yourself. And yeah. I was also just to kind of go back to like your, you know, your mom has this beautiful (laughs) Lebanese tan skin, um, with aging and like skincare and stuff. Genetics definitely play a role. So oh, amazing. Yeah. So I like the Irish skin is like a true thing. We talk, (laughs) talk about, you know, just fair, more prone to getting redness, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've noticed and I, I started like religiously washing my, um, gosh, my pillow covers like weekly. Mm. I used to wash my sheets like bi-weekly, sometimes every three weeks. I know that's terrible and I know it's not right, but you know what? I'm a new mom. I'm the only person doing that. I'm like, I'm busy. Okay. I forget. But I've noticed that I started breaking out and I was like, okay, so I I always take off my makeup before I go to bed. I always do like the religious skincare. I'm so, I barely wear makeup during the work week because I'm not on camera for Zoom calls Mm -hmm. or anything really with my job. Um, So really the only time I wear makeup is the weekends because I'm being social and I want to go, you know, when I'm going to church or going to see friends and family. Um, And so anyway, I was like, what what could be the culprit? And then I remembered I hadn't washed my pillowcases (laughs) in like probably two weeks at that point. I'm like, maybe this is the issue. So I feel like there's so many preventative things like you mentioned that you don't have yeah. to spend crazy amounts of money to take care of yourself. And I think skincare, like you mentioned, if you spend good money on like a quality serum or a moisturizer, that's going to last you a long time. It's not like you're putting mm-hmm. globs of sunscreen on your face. Like we did going to the beach in the nineties. Like everything is very like less is more nowadays. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like worth your investment in the difference. Like you know, in the long run, but yeah, I totally agree. Like <laughs> the less is more and, um, just, uh, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like you don't need a lot of products either. Like you just, like I said, you need the ABCs. You want to throw a moisturizer, face washer and eye cream in there. But I think a lot of times women don't take care of them. Like 
not that they don't take care of themselves, but they think, okay, this isn't worth my time. Like I don't have the time to put on nine things and I'm overwhelmed and there's so much going on, but you know, that's, I've also learned just like, keep it simple and you're still going to have great results. And I think, you know, even with everything within your brand of wellness, the same. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it yeah. simple. We'll still have success. Yes. And I, to cap like the makeup and like skincare conversation before we move to the more wellness um, portion of the interview towards the end, I just would love to know some, a few brands that you have that you go to and that you trust for good quality skincare products or good quality makeup. Um, just cause I feel like that's where I struggle. I don't know anything about this stuff. Okay. So, all right. I'll, slow down on skincare, but I love skin better. We, <laughs> that's what we sell. It's a physician, um, created line. They really took into a lot of different accounts where skincare was going. And, you know, for years there was just retinol on the market, vitamin C on the market. And so they really were like, okay, what can we do to make our product line unique, um, and different from everybody else around it? So you can buy skin better. Um, really only through a skin, like you can buy through me, but, um, it is physician sold only. And, um, and yeah, so they, like their vitamin A has like an alpha hydroxy acid in it as well. And then you also don't get excessive drying. So that's another thing people don't use their retinol for is because they feel dry. This doesn't dry you out. Um, their vitamin C has 18 other antioxidants in it. So they, I love that line. Um, I also love Zeo skin health. They have like an incredible like if you want like a really good scrub, it's the best. Um, so those are two like medical grade skincare lines that I love. Um, and then makeup, just to kind of go back. I love like a no makeup makeup look lately. And I think that's even like on trend for 2021. Here we are. I was going to say 2020. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so I love like tried and true. I think it just even starts from where I started in makeup, but I love like NARS foundation. They have like a one that's a very sheer matte. And I love that. I love NARS concealer. Um, I know a lot of people like shape tape, but I think if you're a novice in makeup or you don't wear a ton of makeup, it's a really thick product and you start to feel like you have so much around your eyes and not a lot on your face. And it's not always like the best look for some people. So, um, I know that is known for helping dark circles, but I prefer the NARS. And then, um, forever I bought like a million of them benefits hula. And then they have like a hula light. I, that is like my go-to bronzer. And that was actually <laughs> where I sold makeup at benefit, um, at Macy's like when I was 19 years old, but, um, I've used that product literally, I don't know, I'm going to be 35 this year. So a long time. Um, and then Gosh, I'm sad that the Becca line is like they ended in COVID, but they have a wonderful bronzer. Charlotte Tilbury is a really good brand. A pink lip, the Pillow Talk is solid. And then I've just loved MAC lipsticks forever and ever and ever. They have like the best liners that they're my go to. And those would be like my desert island products that I would bring with me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hope people are taking notes because I feel like when I listen to a podcast and they make recommendations of products, I'm always like there's like a notes section in, in or a section of my notes, I should say on my phone, Apple product. And I always have like recommendations for skincare, beauty products, because again, this is not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse, wheelhouse is more, you know, fitness and nutrition and mental, mm -hmm. like mental health uh, care and all those things. Um, so 
I appreciate you sharing so much information. So um, I want to get back to wellness before we round it out. So yeah. you are also into wellness, not just, you know, injectables and makeup and skincare, like you're into um, yoga and being mm-hmm. mindful and things like that. So what are some of your staple wellness practices in your day as a working mom uh, that you can't live without? Um, so I think staples for me is I have to have like three days a week that I do have like dedicated movement. Like I have to like get a workout and not just like going for a walk. Like I need to work out three days a week is my, like, um, usually my (laughs) non-negotiable. Um, I have used yoga throughout my career. Um, something that I think I would like to bring more into my daily practice now, um, as I see so much of where my daughter is like, really copying me. So I think it's like a great thing to share with her. Um, transcendental meditation is like a huge part of my life, my husband's life. And that was something that we started doing in like early 2020. Um, and those would be like my big wellness things. I was even thinking about that this morning and like smaller things are my husband and I always have breakfast together with our daughter, like in the chaos of the world, like she has a little high chair thing that sits on the counter and she like watches us like make breakfast or smoothies or eggs. And she's like all about breakfast now with us too. And so having breakfast as a family is like a easy thing, but it's like a great, one of my favorite parts of the day every day that, you know, I think it still contributes to wellness and this like dopamine, happy morning, (laughs) like that we have with each other. Um, yeah. And I mean, just even like, like I just started reading like within the last couple of days, but I've heard amazing things about it is the daily stoic. And I know you're kind of into having like a little gratitude or, um, you know, mindfulness in the morning. And so this has been something that my husband and I have been reading. It's just a one pager every day and comes from a lot of different thoughts behind it. And that's been, um, that's been helpful in changing my perspective sometimes during the day because it can feel really heavy out here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you mentioned the Daily Stoic, so my brother, Brett, who introduced us because you guys are friends, um, he has been reading the Daily Stoic for years and he has been a Ryan Holiday fan forever. So yeah, so you should connect with him because he, that's like stoicism is part of his life. It's a foundational force. And also I think what I love about stoicism is it's so simple but it's mm-hmm. so hard to to implement, you know, like it's yeah. such a simple concept, but you're like, no, but I have so many other things I need to do, but it really grounds you. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. that's an amazing way to start your morning um, or even end your day, whatever people want to do. Yeah. Um, and I love that you also have a meal with your, your family because sometimes dinner time isn't the best time to all sit down. You know, it's like end of the work day. I totally get that. Sometimes dinner is like the most chaotic time of the day, especially with like bath time and bedtime. And <laughs> it's a rush. It's a mad dash to get them down to bed. Yeah. Not that you're trying to like get them down for the night, like to, so you can like live your life. It's more just, you know, kids are so routine. At least I've mm-hmm. noticed that it's just, I'm like sprinting to 7 PM. Cause I'm like, if he's off even by like 10 minutes, I swear it throws him off. Like he is so they wake awkward. Up later in the, like in the middle of the night, their, their routine mm-hmm. is off and it's, that's the selflessness of motherhood, right? Where you're so dedicated to somebody else's routine, you know, but it's, yeah. it's so important for them. And 
I don't know. Somehow, somehow that's fueling us. <laughs> well, you answered my question about any resources that you have um, that you've enjoyed in your wellness journey, like, you know, the Daily Stoic. Do you have anything else like podcasts or books that kind of keep you centered and, and focused on your, your wellness goals? Honestly, um, I'm a big Instagram follower, but like your, your podcast, I actually started listening to that, just being like a supportive friend. And I was like, (laughs) you know, to be honest, I used to be like, I used to listen to like true crime and stuff and I'd be like cleaning. And now that I'm a mom, I can't listen to any of it. It just, it's too much for me. And I was like, I need to change what I'm listening to and what I'm putting in, into my limited energy that I have. So, um, I actually started listening to your podcast as I was doing things because I was, I don't know, it was just really enjoyable for me. So I'm going to recommend your podcast because it's oh my gosh. nice. Yeah. Wow. I am like, if people could see me, I'm like smiling ear to ear. Cause I truly, I know I look at the metrics, but I feel like no one listens. So when I do these interviews, I'm really like, man, I hope people tune in. I mean, don't get me wrong. People listen, yeah. but it's not like I'm not off the charts. Like, you know, the top 1% of podcasts yet. I would love to get there someday. Um, but it's so cool knowing that you listen. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure. I, um, I was telling my husband that I was so excited to talk with you on here because I have loved listening and to your journey. And I love like how you're kind of just taking on your goals. I can't, I I feel like doing podcasts is like the the best of like your creativity and your social media and like your history with like being like a broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I so appreciate that. That was like such a great way, unexpected way, by the way, not planned. I did not know you were going to answer that way. Um, most people have other podcasts that they love and I'm all about supporting everyone because I I have a few go-tos, but I appreciate you saying that because yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll take any other references, but yeah, you you have been the wellness podcast that I've been listening to. So wow, well, I don't even know how to end it on a higher note than that. <laughs> thank <laughs> thank you so much for joining. Um, this has been incredibly informational for me, and I'm sure so many others. The last question I ask everyone, um, which you already know because you listen, is what does living a life well lived mean to you? living a life well lived. Um, it's just feeling like happy at the end of the day, you know, like whatever that is, you know, I feel like every day I recap my day right after bedtime, (laughs) I put her down and then I come out and I tell my husband, like, you know, I'm, I am tired, but I am so happy where I am living in my life right now, you know? And so I think being able to live in that gratitude is living a life well-lived. And I guess even to circle back to like what I did before working, you know, working with kids that were really sick. And then now I work with people who live, you know, it's the anti-aging industry. Um, aging is such a gift and aging gracefully is just as much of a gift. And so every day I just like say thank you for everything. And that's, that's living life live for me. That is so amazing. And I'm not at all surprised. You're such a grateful and humble person. And obviously you have a big heart for what you used to do, but also what you do now. Um, I feel like that takes a special person to, you know, understand someone's insecurities or maybe their, 
you know, how they're feeling about themselves and like gently approach that to say, you don't need to change everything about yourself, but let me help you feel a little bit better. So I'm super grateful for all that you're doing in the world. Um, where can people find you on Instagram or if you have a website, I don't know. I know, um, social media is like where most people find. Mm-hmm. Um, so my aesthetics page is just Susan, S-U-E-S-A-N underscore aesthetics. Um, and then I have, there's a link tree there. So if you, you can book appointments through there, you can order skincare through there. Um, you can find our web website. So yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for being on the show. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure we'll have to have you on again because, um, I feel like there, I could have talked to you for four hours about especially skincare because that's one thing where, like you said, that's like a foundation for yeah. lo- like looking good. Yeah. If you're going to invest in everything else, I usually just say invest in skincare first. So, yeah. Well, the number one tip, that's what I'm taking away other than the gratitude because, of course, that's so important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you again, and um, I will definitely talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.